Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. I am joined by Colin Drew as we run through our game by game preview of the four game slate on DraftKings, and then I guess uh, the two two game slates on FanDuel this weekend. Uh, a little bit less enthused about those uh, contests. I well. You can do more wacky, weird game theory stuff on two game slates and just claim you did it for GTO <laughs> reasons. Like, oh yeah, you know, I, I played uh, Jared Goff double stacks because uh, those they were going to be 6% owned or whatever. So I guess there always is that element. But really outside of that LA Green Bay game that we have on Saturday morning, I mean, this should be three pretty good football games that we have this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think so. I think that's right. And yeah, I mean, you can justify the game theory stuff on the four game slate as well. So for me, it's the four game slate or the showdown slates and, you know, not so much the two game slates. And when I look to double down on Sunday and, you know, chase the losses, it'll probably be showdown over the two gamers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I, I'm definitely along those same lines. I and I, I mean, I will still probably play the two gamers on DraftKings because, you know, yeah. the, the crowns, you got to chase, you got to chase the achievements. You got to chase the crowns. Right. Um, so a couple assumptions that I am making as of Thursday morning in the projections, I am projecting Cooper cup to play. He is listed as questionable with a knee injury. Uh, I am projecting TJ Yeldon for like basically some snaps as a pass catching running back for the Buffalo bills with Zach Moss, not playing. I'm projecting Sammy Watkins to play. I am projecting Clyde Edwards Hilaire to start at running back for the Chiefs uh, coming back from his ankle injury and then projecting Ronald Jones not to play right now for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for a combination of reasons. Uh, he, he has, quote unquote, this quad injury, but then also it seems like Bruce Arians is mad at him for not getting him a thousand rushing yards, which is, uh, I don't know, Bruce Arians is always quite annoying uh, with those things, but that's where we're at right now. Yeah, yeah, I got some frustrated emails and customer support. Like, why did you guys have Ronald Jones projected in? Like, he's he's sitting on the bench. And I was like, dude, nobody knew that until after lock. That was one of the more frustrating situations that we've seen this year. Uh, yeah, I mean, no reporting, uh, nothing, nothing from nothing from the beat writers, nothing from the team. The team is legally required, uh, you know, as part of the uh, game integrity stuff. Uh, you know, with with the NFL and and, and it's literally federally mandated that yeah. they report these injuries. I mean, I, I honestly think uh, they obviously should have had something on there, but I believe the pregame stuff because if he was going to not touch the field the entire game, I feel like they haven't had just two running backs active all year. So I think they would have had Shady active. So I'm kind of buying into it a little bit, um, but hopefully we don't get any shenanigans this week. Yeah, uh, I, I definitely hope so as well. All right, so let's start with this first game, which is the leverage game. Uh, it is going to be the lowest stacked. Uh, you're going to see a lot of Aaron Rodgers teams without a bring back or with only one bring back, uh, so on and so forth. So we have the Rams with a team total of 19 and a half. The Packers with a team total of 26. Uh, seems like, you know, no reason to expect Goff to not start this game. Uh, in a weird way, though, Akers at 5,700 to me does seem like an absolute smash simply because if you were going to look at this four game slate of running backs and say, you absolutely have to bet on one running back to see 20 touches or more acres seems like the best bet for 20 or more touches. I think. Yeah. I mean, I think that's fair. I, I can't really talk you out of it. Um, yeah. I mean that like Singletary, I think will get 
all of the work. I actually don't expect them to have a time split, but even then they're throwing the ball so much and against Baltimore, especially. So for 20 touches. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, he'll probably have a bigger workload. And the question is just if the game's competitive enough throughout most of it. And I do think with only a touchdown spread, they should be able to continue to kind of run the ball throughout at least halfway through the second half. Um, if they were to get down multiple touchdowns, then I think that's where you start to get interested and in. not golf at all, but I think that the price tags on uh, Robert Woods specifically, but cup also, if he ends up healthy, I, I do think those guys are kind of in play and um, not excited about Goff, but he has mentioned he doesn't think he should be restricted and whether or not that's true. I do think that they'll still pass if they have to, when they're behind. Well, yeah. And it, I mean, of course, now for the next two years during playoff slates, we're going to be thinking about the Ben Roethlisberger game where uh, his team got down 28 to zero. They abandoned the run entirely <laughs> and he hucked all those passes and you know, that could be a situation that we get into, you know, with the Rams in this game where, you know, like, let's say uh, Devonta Adams has a long touchdown, Jared Goff, you know, turnover or whatever. And another quick touchdown, they're down 14 zero. I don't think uh, we'll see a ton of establishing. And I think the Rams are a much better team uh, than the Packers for, for a lot of different reasons, but I, I can't, the, the, I cannot sell myself on a leverage stack for the Rams. The thing is, is the Packers themselves are actually going to be a leverage stack in the four gamer for a couple different reasons. The first is Rogers is going to be less owned than Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, and Patrick That's Mahomes. Sure. The second is people are worried about Jalen Ramsey. This is actually going to influence Devonta Adams' ownership. I guarantee so, it. So, do you think that's the the case though? And that's what I struggle to wrap my head around maybe people are, but they weren't really last week. Like DK Metcalf was like 35% owned on FanDuel. And I, I mean, people should be a little bit worried about Ramsey, but not enough to like erase Adams, but I don't think you project Adams the exact same in this matchup as you do otherwise. And I don't know, like, I feel like people are just going to slam projection systems and um, you know, maybe a couple people influenced by the Well, matchup. so, so that's the thing. It matters way less in MME than it does in single entry. Like in MME, Devontae Adams will just be whatever the projections say you should be. So if he comes out as a good play at 8,600 and 35% of lineups, that's what he'll be owned. But in, in single entry and 3 max where people are building by hand, I think he'll yeah. be less because he, he's not, people are not going to be stacking Rodgers. They're going to be using Mahomes, Lamar, Josh Allen, and so, so Diggs, Marquise Brown, Tyreek Hill. Yeah, I was, thinking, I was thinking like Adams might be. 20 percent and Tyreek might be like 30 or, or something like that yeah I I think that I think that sounds about right I I will say though I I gotta think Robert Woods is just like a, an uber smash because when cup has been out in the past they move Robert Woods into the slot and those are like the only throws that Jared Goff can complete and I I like I just feel like he will be he will just I mean even if cup does play honestly I feel like Woods at 5900 on DraftKings is like 12 targets, 88 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah, and, and I feel like he's just kind of locked into 8 to 10 targets almost regardless, even in the run-heavy games. And then the upside is there if they have to shift pass-heavy. So I definitely agree with Woods. Uh, kind of like Akers and Woods are the two Rams I'm moderately interested in and, and comfortable putting into lineups. And as you get beyond that, you're starting to take shots a little bit more. Yeah. Um, so do you have any interest in any of the secondary Packers? So Robert Tunyon, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, uh, you know, 
Alan Lazard, whoever. Like, I, I guess the thing for MVS is you could just say, like, look, he's either going to catch an 80-yard touchdown or he's not. And if he does, he's going to be a really critical part of winning lineups. Yeah, I think as you're building short slates, if you're playing the lottery-style tournaments, kind of finding one guy that you expect to be single-digit ownership percent is pretty valuable as far as trying to create some separation and some uniqueness to those lineups. Yeah. So an MME, someone like MVS, if you assume that the Rams are going to put a ton of attention on Devonta Adams, maybe they can't uh, you know, stop him, but they can hold him to like eight for 80 or something. Rogers is still probably going to throw at least 250 yards. And so MVS could get there on two catches in an MME slate, not looking at him for single entry, but um, it would be a good way to start the slate off, right? Like getting 10% of a 3% owned wide receiver into your lineups and having him put up enough to hit an optimal. Yeah. Got to think you would be feeling pretty good about that. And then I guess the last thing here is, you know, we really haven't seen it from Aaron Jones, like literally since the Packers bye week, but he still does have an absurd ceiling. We have him projected right now on the four game slate for about 30% ownership uh, I mean, seems seems pretty good to me. And that even is high, though, because Fournette is not gaining any like tags or steam yet. Yeah. And if Ronald Jones is out, uh, Fournette will be steaming in ownership way, way up. Yeah, definitely. I think half the sites have Jones projected in, half have him projected out like us. And definitely agree. If you if you project him as the, the main back active, he's going to be closer to 50% owned. So yeah, I mean, Jones is always a really good pivot play, and especially on a short slate where there's not a ton of upside. I mean, of all the backs who have multi-touchdown upside, it's got to be Alvin Kamara, number one, and then Jones, number two. Yeah, I mean, you definitely think Jones is is the most likely to get, like, uh, you, you know, eight, 18 total touches, but five of those being receptions and, like, three touchdowns. Um being involved in there uh and then i guess my my last thought is is that uh, on this game is that if cup does not play tyler higby becomes a guy i am pretty pretty interested in because his just really whenever whenever woods or cup uh is banged up or doesn't play higby and and last year it was brandon cooks when brandon cooks got banged up higby is the one who sees a larger target share from there yeah, I think that makes sense. And I mean, it is a short slate, so it's kind of like all the guys are in play to some degree, but I, I do think on DraftKings that Jamal Williams kind of in this matchup could be targeted more than he, he usually is. And um, I, I, it's kind of you're looking at Jamal Williams versus the 4K wide receivers as far as trying to hit an optimal lineup. I think I like someone like Richard Higgins better than Jamal Williams, but when you dip into like an Alan Lazard versus Jamal Williams, I think I'd prefer, uh, well, I think I'd prefer Jamal slightly there. Yeah. All right. You got anything else on this game? No. Uh, all right. Next game, getting into the good. I mean, this is probably the best game of the weekend. We have the Baltimore Ravens playing at the Buffalo Bills. Were you surprised to see this total low? Like I, I thought this would be like a, you know, a 56 total, uh, you know, 30 point team total for the Ravens. Um, but that's not, that's not what it is. We have a team total of 24 and a half for the Ravens team total of uh, 25 and a half or 26, depending on your book for the Buffalo bills. I guess it is some deference to the Baltimore Ravens defense. I think it's kind of unearned. Like the bills have shown that they can score points against pretty much anybody. Um, so I, am actually even, I, I expect the market in DFS to be pretty high on this game, but I think I am even higher. I expect this to be uh, a big shootout game for, for both sides. 
Yeah, I feel like it was a combination of what the Ravens defense did to the Titans as well as not that the Buffalo offense played poorly last week, but they they started slower, I think, against the Colts. And I think a combination of those two things is keeping the total down and then also got to keep an eye on the weather always in Buffalo. No, there were reports. Oh, yeah, this is supposed to be a snow game. And it's going to be like like five degrees. And so I think that's probably keeping the total down a little bit in this one as well. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I, I learned this fact yesterday. Well, not learn. I mean, it, it makes a ton of sense, but Lamar has never played uh, a football game in the snow, which is, I mean, he, he grew up in Florida and then went to college in, in Louisville. So he literally has always played like, uh, you know, nice, nice weather, human weather. So I don't really know if that matters, but it is, it is certainly a thing. So uh, between Lamar and Josh Allen, who do you like better for tournaments? Because I, I think that Mahomes is like universally the favorite. I think he'll be the most owned. I think he will project for the most points for everyone's projection systems. But I think that if you are MME and getting the answer right between who is better for tournaments between Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson uh, and how you allocate those exposures is pretty important. Yeah, I prefer Allen slightly at the reduced price and a couple of reasons for that. Obviously, the price being cheaper, one of those more stackable. So a lot of his projection is derived through the air. And the other thing, and I wanted to get your thoughts, but we saw him run 11 times in that wildcard weekend, his high for the season. And so, yeah, big boost with with Moss out, I think, especially the goal well. line. And yeah. it, it just seemed like they're like, okay, everything's on the line now. We're not preserving him for the playoffs. We're going to put the ball in his hands. And so I feel like you have the passing volume upside in addition to expanded kind of role within the rushing attack that makes him extremely interesting. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. Also, uh, I would I would be remiss to not point out that, you know, he people are not going back to the Josh Allen double stacks this week. People are not going to be rolling out John Brown. People are not going to be rolling out Cole Beasley this week because it didn't work last week. Josh Allen rushing got up. And just in general, people have the bad taste in their mouth. And in a four-game slate, I think there is going to be huge – Not, I mean, not huge edge. Like, when I say people are not going to do this, I mean people are going to be doing this less than they should at, like, some sort of game theory equilibrium. So I, I think that a really interesting strategy is running back the same thing that we talked about last week, which was Josh Allen, double stacks, right? You, you use two of Knox, Beasley, Brown, Davis, and Diggs with him. Like, I think I'll probably be doing that same thing this yeah, week. I in think MME. that makes sense. Yeah, and I, I think Singletary is a really good value. I do think he'll play the vast majority of snaps. It's hard to see them bringing Antonio Williams into the game or even TJ Yeldon kind of his best skill set is complementary to what like Singletary does. Singletary does already. So yeah. I expect to see um, a lot of Singletary. So I think there becomes a pretty interesting question with Singletary, which is if Ronald Jones plays and Singletary is just clear, like he is the only value running back, right? Like, I mean, sure. You could say Kareem Hunt, uh, he'll earn some ownership. Latavius Murray will earn some Jamal will earn some, but we're talking about, if Singletary is the only sub 5k starting running back, I mean, what, what, like 50% ownership in single entry three max contests, like yeah. maybe, maybe even more than that, probably. Yeah. I mean, you got Kareem Hunt in a pretty good game environment for a passing down back and off of a pretty big week for Hunt himself, multi-touchdown week. So mm-hmm. I think some would go to Hunt, but most of it would go to Singletary. Whereas right now, if it's Jones out, we're expecting 
kind of most to go to Fournette, some to go to Singletary, and not much to go to Hunt. Yeah, I I, I was just sort of thinking like for single entry stuff for me, it seems like it would make a lot of sense to play Kareem Hunt, to play Clyde Edwards Hilaire, to play Latavius Murray, to play Jamal Williams instead of Devin Singletary and I just think- be like, look, if Singletary gets 15, I lose. But if Singletary gets eight and my guy gets 12, my teams are looking really good. Yeah, the other thing is, and this will be a big thing that just on Saturday, you're going to have to get a feel for it because if there's, you know, half the sites right now projecting Jones in, if we don't have a clear report, then how is that going to impact things? You know, will people lean on Fournette only to have Jones end up a surprise active on Sunday or will they take the safe play and play Singletary? So trying to get a pulse of the industry on Saturday morning, I think will be pretty important there. Well, you know, I mean, at least we know that the Buccaneers, they're going to be honest with us. They're going to be, <laughs> yeah, exactly. they're going to be forthcoming. You know, we can always count on our guy, uh, Bruce Arians to, to, to level with us as much as possible. Um, all right. On the Baltimore side, because Travis Kelsey is on this slate, Mark Andrews is like, yes, Mark Andrews is still going to be chalky or whatever, you know, we're talking about 20% owned, but if Mark Andrews outscores Travis Kelsey, if Mark Andrews scores two touchdowns, he becomes, uh, you, you will need him to win. You will not be, you will not be able to win uh contest without Mark Andrews. Um, whereas like, you know, we, last weekend it was like Dawson Knox was scoring and we, and, and Cam Brait and Jack Doyle. And like, because those guys were not really that owned and there were other guys who put up a lot of points, you could still win smaller ish contests without them. I, I mean, I think Doyle ended up being in the Millie maker winning lineup or whatever, but we're talking about 60% of ownership and contests coming between Andrews and Kelsey, I think. Yeah, maybe even 70 with Kelsey yeah. taking up at least like two to one almost um, there. So I think that makes sense. Um, the thing I was like, I had a ton of Lamar last week, ended up having a losing week. And I was looking at my teams in the middle of that Baltimore game, even though he was, you know, starting to smash towards the end there. And I was wondering whether or not the passing volume is ever going to support Lamar double stacked, even though, you know, even though they had a good, Stealing game, yes, he's capable of throwing two or three touchdowns in the right situation. It still feels like the PPR format, it's almost never going to produce stealing outcomes from both Hollywood Brown and from Mark Andrews. So I don't know. I was wondering if I should only be single stacking Lamar and almost capping it at, you know, two other skill position players or whether it's fine on a short slate still to let it fly. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that also the issue you run into is is part of the thesis behind playing Lamar is that he will have a long rushing touchdown at some point or or at least a rushing touchdown. But that rushing touchdown that gives him six points instead of four, that, that you know, that's taking away six points from Andrews or, or Hollywood Brown or whatever. So I, I kind of think of these prices, it is very hard for – Hollywood, Mark Andrews, and Lamar to all get there. Like Lamar would have to get the hundred yard rushing bonus. Hollywood would have to get the hundred yard bonus, and Andrews would have to score twice, and it'd have to yeah. run out exactly perfect and, like that. And last week, I thought it was a little bit better because I thought Andrews, maybe even if he just went six for sixty, it still might be the best of the tight end position. Obviously, that didn't happen. All those other random tight ends smashed. So, feels like tight end deeper, obviously, with Kelsey this week. Well, and I guess the point we should make, though, is that there is a difference between a four-game and a six-game slate. And so, you know, what is needed for uh, a group of players to get there, like the amount of points, it, it is a lower amount of points than it would be 
normally, basically. So, uh, all right. And then what are your thoughts on Dobbins? I mean, to me, he remains uh, pretty intriguing because he, he also, again, like a bad game last weekend. Uh, I, and I certainly don't think he will end up being anything resembling chalky this week. Yeah, we we were um, talking Mark Ingram. It turns out he was only active for 17 out of a show of respect. They, they still did not plan on using him against anybody except the Bengals. So yep. Dobbins feel no differently than last week. I mean, he scored a touchdown, right? He's going to, he's not going to carry the ball 20 times. He's going to get 13 carries. And if he breaks a big one, then he ends up a good play. And he, and he gets, he will, if this game is competitive, he will get a couple targets as well. Yeah. So I think he's overpriced, um, but I think we've got him one of the single digit guys. So MME, like if you're looking to separate with a couple single digit running back plays, then I think he's there. But in a weird way, overpriced players who can score yeah. like 25 is like, that's actually like something you, you kind of like in these Definitely. slates because it keeps them, it keeps them from being, I like him more than Latavius Murray for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that, I think that the saints are going to lose um, this game against the Buccaneers. So I don't think it seems like much of a uh, Latavius Murray game. Do you like this game best as the stacking game? Because there's, there's so many high upside players. Do you like Cleveland, Kansas city best? Or do you like Tampa Bay, New Orleans best? This to me seems like the game that if I was running a, a 150 game stacks, um, this would probably be the game that I would go to. I think, I think I like the Kansas city game the best um, just because you got the later game. So you might get some, late news you can adjust to with your Mahomes yeah, stacks overnight. and, and yeah. Sammy Watkins versus McCall Hardman versus Demarcus Robinson. And so there are kind of creative ways where you can play information games and other people aren't going to late swap, but it's definitely close between them. Yeah. I'm, maybe, maybe what I'll do is there is a small MME. Yeah. Okay. That's what I'll do. There's a small MME on FanDuel for the four gamer and I will, uh, I will do, Baltimore Buffalo there because it fits those players skill sets better anyways the lack of the full PPR and the lack of bonuses and then I will do chief stuff on DraftKings there we go we we got it we got it solved got it we got a GTO for the weekend all right uh Cleveland Kansas City team total 23 for the Cleveland Browns a gigantic team total of 33 for the Kansas City Chiefs at home here and it uh this giant team total is really doing something to our projections. Our just our our overall three highest projected players: Mahomes, Kelsey, then Josh Allen, then Devontae Adams, then Tyreek Hill. So of the whole slate, three Kansas City Chiefs are just the raw projected points, uh, highest amount of players, and it's it's hard to argue with it. Yeah, I mean, how do you argue with it? And then I think the the other appealing side is like, I mean, Cleveland, you've got value options that are in play too it's like they didn't have to throw the ball too much last week but they still had wide receivers getting there just because of that wacky game environment but i think like richard higgins definitely cheap so you've got some value pieces and the chief stack you can also double or triple stack mahomes almost in the same way that you saw a lot of big ben triple stacks get there last week and hope that he does hit the 33 point total essentially through his arm instead of through the running game and be able to chip away at pieces across the, the entire lineup. So um, I like that. Also mentioned, you said like late news, we don't know if Sammy Watkins will be back and playing in this game that will shift the values of Nicole Hardman, Demarcus Robinson, obviously Kelsey Hill are going to be there as well. But I think, you know, being able to adjust to that late news is another kind of wrinkle that, 
people may not have when they're going into build their lineups for the, the big slate on Saturday. And I mean, we also don't know for sure on Clyde Edwards Hilaire right. Wednesday, Wednesday was not a padded practice. We're recording this on Thursday before any teams have practiced. So Clyde was at practice. He went through a padless walkthrough. That doesn't mean that he's ready to come back and be the starting running back on Sunday morning for the chiefs. Like they could declare him out. They could use Levy on as the starter and work Clyde back in a little bit in a game that they're giant favorites in. Like there are a lot of different ways the chiefs running back situation can play out. And, you know, if, if you have a read on like, you know, it's the playoffs, it's time for Clyde to get going. They're going to give him the ball a ton or it's the playoffs. We don't have time to be working a, an injured rookie back in. So Le'Veon's going to get the ball 15 times. Like, Either way, if you have a read or if you just want to make your lineups reflect one of those reads, there's going to be a very low cumulative ownership on whoever the Chiefs running backs are. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And you could onslaught it too, like double stack Mahomes with the running back from the Chiefs. With the running back. As well. Um, and if it, like, bo- I mean, both Bell and CEH are, are competent pass catching backs. So um, I like that. I think the Browns, I think, Catterell Hodge is supposed to be back this week, activated off of COVID. So I think he and Donovan Peoples-Jones kind of split that split. wide receiver three role. That may, basically makes it so I'm only interested in Jarvis, Kareem Hunt, Richard Higgins, and Austin Hooper from the Browns. Yeah, I have not moved Hodge back in in our projections yet, though. As soon as he is activated from the COVID list, I will... A couple uh, days ago. Yeah, I, well, <laughs> all right. Well, then I guess that's what I get. Uh, so... Yeah, I mean, not really interested in Hodge or DPJ. I mean, is there is there leverage in playing Chubb for one, obviously a more competitive game than the market is expecting, or two, he was actually involved as a pass catcher last week. You know, his his yeah. t- his long touchdown was a screen pass that they like specifically designed for him. It was like something they would normally call for Hunt. Um, you know, I mean, we've been we've been waiting for Chubb to catch more passes his entire NFL career. And, you know, I mean, it's some, that is something that is an example of something that can flip inside of a game based on a coach's decision that is not controlled for by projections. Yeah. I think that makes sense. And again, I think he'll be close to 10% just because there's other better values. If you're looking for value, there's backs with high team totals and Kamara and Jones, if you're looking for like the, the pure upside. So I think he kind of gets lost in that in-between group a little bit. Yeah, I, I think that uh, I think that makes sense. Um, all right, and then on the Kansas City side, you know, is there is there leverage in playing significantly more Tyreek than Kelsey? Uh, if Sammy is active, do we just deploy him and just hope that he comes up with his one miraculous game that he has every year? Do we play D Rob? I mean, obviously, I am interested in playing McCole Hardman here. Uh, I mean, it's, if Sammy is active but banged up, you got to just be shoveling in the the D Rob and the McCole Hardman teams because of the chance of in game injury. I think, or just the fact that Sammy's limited and doesn't really earn targets at all. Yeah, yeah, I think that definitely makes sense as far as the complementary wide receivers. If you're building before when all of them are projected in, make sure to dial up the volatility on that. That way you get a little bit of baseline exposure and then you can use the global swap or the late swap opto to take care of that. I think that makes sense. The other thing I was going to add was I do think these short slates, I think these two tight end lineups are a lot more viable than they are in main slates, especially when one of those tight ends is Travis Kelsey. So on the short slate, if you're punting, you know, 
the the cheapest tight end is going to be a lot cheaper than the cheapest running back or wide receiver. So if you want to punt a spot and play Kelsey in the flex, I think that stuff is more viable and make sure your optimized rules are changed from main slate where you may not allow tight end in the flex. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that this is a slate where I will do no, like, like last weekend, no running back in the flex, but actually allow tight ends in the flex last week. It was because all the tight ends were cheap this week. It was because this week it is because Travis Kelsey, you know, obviously carries such a, a massive projection. Um, would you set all chiefs or all, you know, Mahomes stacks with at least one of like hunt? Landry Hooper like would you would you bring back all your Chiefs lineups no I wouldn't force it I think over correlating is you're going to get a bunch of that anyways so I think forcing it over correlating is a mistake that uh, people can make and like I mean we saw with that weird Steelers performance but like the I mean it was basically that full game stacked with like the Browns D which was absolutely wild but you could definitely see a scenario where Mahomes is checking off like three of your wide receiver positions or three of your pass catching positions. And therefore, if you're creating a rule to force a Browns pass catcher, like you're really being restrictive with what you're doing in the optimizer. Yeah. I prefer um, it like hand building though. Like I prefer it. Like, so I yeah. definitely, if I'm hand building, I, I want to plug in like Higgins if I can, but um, over like a random punt from the Buffalo game, but not in an optimizer. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, all that makes a fair amount of sense. All right, let's go ahead. Our last game here, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, team total of 24.5 at the New Orleans Saints, team total of 27.5. I mean, I, I think the Bucks passing game would be my favorite leverage grouping, right? So you run, you know, 50% Tom Brady with at least two of Bray, Gronk, Evans, Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, and you just you just let it fly. Yeah, it's always it's always tough to figure out when they're healthy and like Mike Evans was healthy last week, despite the questions going into the week. So when they're healthy and their team total's not high, I feel like the diverse offense. I definitely only want to play Brady if he's double stacked, but because of the diversity of the passing offense, it's harder for me to be excited about that play when they're when they have kind of this modest team total. Um, I don't think. I don't think like three touchdowns is going to be good enough on this slate for Brady, I guess is the biggest concern. You don't, you think, you think three touchdowns will not be enough because of how many points Josh Allen and Lamar and Mahomes Mahomes are capable are. are, Yeah. Because one of the, like, that was what I was talking about this on the Swolecast yesterday. It's all nice and good to play the Rogers Brady leverage stacks, but like their absolute ceiling is like the median ceiling of those three guys, right? Like if Brady or Rogers gets 35, you're like, you're like doing cartwheels. Oh, but like, 35. I mean, if they get 35 for sure, I mean, that I definitely would be, but 35 but, but, is more than 303. Like you need the fourth yeah. touchdown in there. You need the fourth touchdown or you need like a one yard rushing touchdown or something yeah. or whatever. But I mean, I just feel like what odds would, what odds would someone give me that I get all three of Lamar, Josh, and Mahomes, one of them scoring more than 35, like that's got to be plus 120 or something, like, you know, kind of close to even, basically. Yeah, I mean, if we look, our our ceiling projections have... probably like two to one. Yeah. Because I think our ceiling projections, they average like 35 between the three of them. So that's 90th percentile. It's probably like three to one, but still. um, And I, I don't think like the Saints have a good defense. So it's not like it's an easy spot for Brady just to go 303. <laughs> like, 
yeah no of course of course it's not of course it's not easy yeah um i don't know i i am uh i'm pretty interested in that situation overall like just how that plays out i mean no i won't i won't play i won't play one drew Brees lineup but i i get it i mean i think breeze is in the same category as uh brady and rogers in terms of like why you'd play him he is the same he basically has the exact same 90th percentile projection and he is you know, significantly cheaper at, at $5,600 on, yeah. on DraftKings. Yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking. And yeah, I mean, he had like 40 pass attempts last week. So. Yeah. I don't know. It just, going, it just, I guess if I'm going down, it feel in like the stacking options are a little bit more known there where you're doing one of Kamara, Michael Thomas, and then maybe you're filling out a punt or maybe you're just pairing both of those guys. So I guess if I'm going to go down to like the pass first quarterback with the ceiling of like 26 DK points, I'd prefer breeze slightly. Uh, yeah, yeah, that definitely, that definitely makes sense. All right. Uh, is, is Alvin Kamara just the end, like, because he fills a running back slot, is he just the best play of this late? Um, he's definitely one of the best, but it's just, it's, it's tough to fit in like the Kelsey Hill upside as well. But yeah, I mean, Kamara is the best running back play of the slate for sure. He's, um, I don't know. I I feel like he'll be 40 to 50% rostered it starts to get a little tough there you can only fit in some of the studs but um yeah i think of all the studs it's easiest for me to pass on Devonte adams um then it's easier to do that than it is to pass on kamara i know we don't play running backs versus tampa as frequently but kamara is obviously unique in that capacity yeah and uh i i will say re this debate michael thomas did just look like full-on slant boy last week like he just is back to running the same routes getting targeted at a really high frequency. Although Deontay Harris had like seven targets on 14, 14 routes run and caught yeah, I mean, all of them. Thomas only had 20% of the targets last week. So that was a little bit surprising. I didn't watch that game as closely though. So I couldn't see how frequently he was like the first look and the bears were just taking it away versus the actual targets. So there's some nuance there. Just to, to my, to my untrained eye, like, he, it looked like slant boy. Like it was like, it was like Michael Thomas is back. And yeah. it was, it was, um, it was actually kind of like a, it felt like a Thanksgiving day game where it's like Sean Payton knows about the three game DFS slate. And he's like, I just have to do something to troll people as much as possible. So he may, he decided uh, for it to be Deontay Harris. Um, all right. Buccaneers, which of, well, two things. First, which is your favorite of the three wide receivers for tournaments? And are we buying playoff Gronk turning back into a blocker and Brate being the route runner. That was wild. Uh, if anybody touted that, they definitely deserve a, a tip of the cap. Yeah, they deserve, one. they deserve a gold star because yeah. Bronk, Gronk was, was, I think he had one target. Yeah, that was, that was absolutely wild to see. Um, I have no idea. Like I don't ever read there. I have no idea how to handle that situation for, for DFS between the tight ends. Um, it feels like they, wouldn't like that would be more game plan specific than it would be just something to expect every week but yeah that's definitely a tough one mike evans so for sure my favorite there were there were no kind of remnants of the injury he looks good out there and he's the go-to guy like the touchdown guy in the offense so i think on a short slate that's the type of thing you're looking for looks like he's gonna be a little bit lower owned but all the three of those guys between 10 and 15 percent owned so getting one of them in lineups makes a lot of sense yeah um I could see, I guess I could see this game shooting out. It is in a dome, but I don't know. It's just like, it just, it feels so hard for any of these other teams to accumulate more total fantasy points than 
the 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 Allen Lamar Mahomes teams to the point of like and and I I mean literally we just saw this well it's not like there's a big lesson for us learned we literally just saw uh Ben Roethlisberger and his his compatriots like rack up was what was it 68 passing attempts four passing touchdowns like 400 like weird stuff happens in football all the time and it's very easy to to uh see it after it happens it's very hard to see it before it happens but uh I gotta say I don't see it happening this week and I I I will be playing my lineups uh full of of chalky Lamar Josh and Mahomes teams and then next week on the show you know I'm sure something again yeah it's it's just like I don't know it's uh it's i mean that's why dfs is going to remain profitable because people still respond too closely to what they have just seen um and and don't don't uh enact enough on new information but whatever if if i was going to pick one of these quarterbacks to do a roethlisberger from last week and you know just absolutely own the own the the chalk quarterback groupings and stacks it would definitely be brady double stacks one because you know brady's not siphoning off any rushing production two ronald jones being banged up uh definitely leads them to be a more pass heavy team london fournette's not any good they're not going to get first downs running the ball like it, it will shift them to be more pass heavy and the cam braid explosion notwithstanding their pass their their touchdowns have been super concentrated and their targets have been super concentrated between three guys, very similar to Pittsburgh last week. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, all right. Anything else? No, man, that's all I got. Should be a good week. Should be good for the four-game slate. Should be good showdown stuff. Going to try to focus on some single-entry showdown stuff so I can prep for this Super Bowl Millie Maker. Um, so going to be working on that bit this weekend as well sure as the playoff slates get narrowed down a little bit as we go forward and we only have you know two games going on we'll talk a little bit of two game slate a little bit of showdown stuff going forward yeah um all right everyone definitely make sure dailyroto.com projections alerts uh the the projections will be fine-tuned um up until then we will have a premium podcast as well on dailyroto.com once the projections have been updated with all of the possible injuries. And uh, then we will be back next week to continue our stomp through the playoffs. Later, guys.